Credit has always been of paramount importance to the consumers that need it and the banks that leverage it to make effective lending decisions. But a new wave of fintechs are leading the way to reveal new metrics beyond the FICO score that can determine credit worthiness. How does this work and what can banks learn? To find out, we'll be talking with Paula Damani, Vice President of Data Products at Credit Karma. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Horizon increases digital adoption rates for financial services companies by 25%. Its award-winning platform is used in branch in call centers and can easily integrate into your website to dramatically increase digital awareness, fluency, and confidence of both your customers and employees. To find out more, simply visit horizon.com. That's H-O-R-I-Z-N.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and it is wonderful to have you here with us. And today, coming in from the West Coast, we have Polami Damani. Polami is the Vice President of Data Products at Credit Karma. In her role, Polami oversees the platforms and products that use data to power personalized recommendations, enable fast and scalable experimentation, and drive engagement with over 75 million users. Wow. Polami, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So glad to be here. Curious, how can organizations leverage alternative data to understand the creditworthiness of the underserved? Yeah, that's a really great question. A little bit of background about Credit Karma. We're a consumer fintech, and we started with the promise that our members' data is sort of held in sacred trust with us. And we're going to always be on the member's side in terms of, you know, giving them a visibility into what are people using to sort of rate your creditworthiness? And then also sort of helping them make financial progress. We don't sell your data. We don't share it with anybody else. And the idea is that we are always going to do the right thing by the member. Having said that, the world of data has changed in the last sort of 20 years, particularly with a lot of the technology, the Facebooks and the Googles of the world. The idea is that lots and lots of data are needed for us to really understand a person's sort of motivations, interests, what they like, what they don't like. And then that coupled with the cloud and the ability of computing power to get really cheap. I mean, you can get a server at Amazon for less than seven-tenths of a cent an hour. You know, means that you can actually do a lot of mathematical calculations at the same time. And so this notion of data had to be small, it had to be very pertinent to just the problem you're solving because computing was expensive and storage was expensive, has gone out of the window. And it also allows us to sort of bring a whole set of things together to do exactly some of this stuff, right? So the underserved are really people that don't have some of the traditional credit scoring or a credit history associated with them. So it's hard for financial institutions to actually really gauge how much of a risk they present if they were to get a card, borrow some money, get a financial product, right? So one of the things that we're really thinking through is how do we help the millennials who are sort of two out of every three millennial in the U.S. is on Credit Karma's platform? How do we help them? You know, this is first job, first car, first sort of apartment rental, And so not a lot of credit history in the background, but also the right time for them to take the right financial steps to show that they are financially responsible. So things like 
Are you paying your cell phone bill on time, your rent on time? When you have a credit card balance, how much do you pay every month on it? And, you know, how do you manage your credit card utilization, which is how much are you allowed to sort of have as a limit on your card versus how much you actually spend on it? If you're able to do that, that is a good sign of somebody who is actually a a much better credit risk than their credit score would say. What types of data are important to uncovering the credit worthiness of people? What are some of the key indicators we're talking about? Yeah, so I think the big thing is, you know, do you have the intent to be a financially savvy consumer, right? You manage how much money you spend on a particular thing. You're not in debt all the time, right? So you spend less than what you earn. One thing that we've actually found, which is an interesting correlation, is how long have you been a Credit Karma member and how often do you come back is actually a strong correlation to somebody who really is willing to take financial responsibility. That for us is sort of an interesting orthogonal set of data. What we're really looking for is, can we show a pattern of responsible behavior? It's time with all the data available to us to think in different terms. What I'm wondering is how financial services organizations can use information like this to serve customers in better, smarter ways. Really good question. So you have to sort of also recognize that financial services is a heavily regulated industry. And so you also want to make sure that anytime you make these kinds of decisions as a bank, you can prove that you're doing it in a fair, non-discriminatory fashion. You'll always have that hesitation from, you know, the chief risk officers of the world saying, oh, you know, this alternative data is interesting, but how do I prove the signal is not biased? But at the same time, there's a ton of new fintech startups, particularly in the loans industries, who are looking at this as a way to do alternative scoring. And it's usually around, I would say, smaller payments. So, There are companies that are in this sort of $100 to $500 borrowing range who would be, you know, more than willing to take kind of your mobile payment data and use that as a basis for credit worthiness, along with a whole set of other things, right? So I think the key is how do banks use this to potentially segment and target and market the right products to these consumers? You know, if you're a millennial, what's the starter card for you, for example, rather than change their complete sort of underwriting model in the back end? How does all this impact the customer journey in particular? It seems really significant in light of what you just shared. Yeah, so I think the historical way that financial institutions marketed has been through direct mail. So, you know, they spend a bunch of time sort of looking at credit worthiness, your FICO score, and a whole bunch of other indicators, a list of people that they think they would approve if they only applied. And so they get this spam in the mail about six weeks later about all these things that a bank might offer you or not offer you. First of all, you throw that away because it just is spam. And then by the time you even like are interested, everything about the data used to score that offer has become outdated. So even when you do try to apply for that product they wanted to sell you six weeks ago, there's a chance you might get declined. So from a consumer perspective, it's not a great experience at all, right? You send me stuff that I may or may not really want when I want it. I have this sort of risk of being declined and that hurting my credit score. So I think where some of this alternative data really helps and where sort of credit karma comes in is we match the consumer at the time of that interest to kind of what the banks are willing to do in terms of these are the products that we have. So it's that matchmaking that happens when there's product available. So supply and demand are together. 
And so that helps from a consumer perspective because somebody like a credit karma who they trust already is telling them, hey, you know, this is the right thing for you. Here are the bunch of different options. And by the way, chances of being approved are pretty high. And we have this notion of an approval odds, which goes from sort of poor to excellent and now to also pre-approved where it's around giving that signal to the consumer that you're not going to do yourself any harm if you apply for the thing that you want. And how can smaller financial services organizations such as community banks or niche fintechs take advantage of knowing what the customer journey is all about and the data at large? That's a great question. So I would say community banks, credit unions have one thing that most larger banks may or may not have, which is a relationship with the customer, right? So when I went mortgage shopping, I looked at a bunch of different rates, and then I went to the local credit union, and I got a better rate, I got like more personalized service, I could walk over. So there's that face-to-face hand-holding that you would get at a smaller bank that you don't normally get at more online or larger banks. You know, we're thinking through how that sort of translate into what you call the customer journey, which is can these banks leverage that relationship to cross-sell, to go online and provide more services, to partner with the credit karmas of the world in order to sort of find their customers online when they're looking for something so that they can be like, hey, remember us? You know, we're your friendly neighborhood bank. We will see a future where security measures are bolstered. The awareness is out there. Is there any reason to worry about this at this point, you think? There's been several sort of high notable breaches, right, particularly in the financial industry with sort of the Equifax data breach and a whole bunch of other things. So I think managing your data and being aware when it's at risk is now sort of part and parcel for your digital consumers. And so things like credit monitoring, you know, make sure that you have ID monitoring, identity monitoring, and that you have alerts and notifications when there's a chance your data was involved in a breach. So I think being vigilant and subscribing to services that allow you to do that, doing the right thing by taking precautionary action. Now they are like part of like how we speak as a society and as consumers. And the great work that companies like Credit Karma are doing is a reason to look ahead with optimism. So thank you for being on the podcast today, Paulamy. Appreciate it. I, mean, I hope I was able to answer some of these questions. You did and then some. So thanks. Paulamy Damani is the Vice President of Data Products at Credit Karma. You can look for Paulamy on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, The world of data has changed dramatically in the last 20 years thanks to the likes of Google and Amazon. Using their lessons, we can learn much more about the interests and motivations of consumers, what they like and what they don't like. Far decreased costs of servers have also allowed companies to tackle big data and extract insights into alternative approaches to awarding credit and the lending privileges that come with it. Number two. On an increasing basis, creditworthiness can be determined through patterns of interest and intent, online bill payments, financial management, especially when it comes to debt that's shipped away through regular payments, bill payments that are made online, spending less than what you earn, and more. All of this can also correlate with active membership in a financial organization such as Credit Karma. And number three. 
One effective use of alternative data is to segment and target products such as starter credit cards. For banks, heavy regulation means proving you're doing things in non-biased ways. That's crucial. But new fintech startups, especially for loans in the $100 to $500 payment range, have something to teach us. They're effectively using mobile-derived data to provide services to millennials and underserved consumers. Harlan Clark is a leading provider of omnichannel customer engagement solutions. The company delivers quality payment solutions, multi-channel marketing campaigns, and secure data-driven lead gen and critical communications to meet the needs of financial institutions of all sizes. Find out more at harlanclark.com. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the AHA Moment, where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. What happens when a teenager meets technology head-on through a dangerous computer virus? Here, Paulami Damani relates how news of the Lehigh virus opened her eyes to serving a greater good through big data. Listen. I grew up in India and went to school there. And I remember showing up one day and the school's computers were all down. And it turned out to be this thing called the Lehigh virus. And I was like, what is this? How could it like take down everything? How cool is this thing? And up until that point, I was like every other teenager, wondering what I'm going to do with my life and where my interests are. And then the fact that, you know, there was this thing that you could do that could control and change through technology, how people could interact with life was that aha moment. So I want to be like, oh, I can be that virus hacker or really understand what makes these computers tick and how useful they are. And so from that point, it was sort of like, I want to learn more about this stuff. And that sort of kicked off this sort of journey of getting deeper and deeper into technology and data and algorithms and going from there. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long. <laughs>